0: Are we recording right now? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Fun, okay. This voice is Hannah. And this voice is Marissa. Also, would probably am, is, are turned on by Hartslowski? Yeah, uh, of course. Doesn't actually no. make a ton of sense. No. You know what are you doing? Are you talking to yourself? <gasps> oh my god, I already hate this story. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because I just thought you could like, bleed suddenly at yeah, any <laughs> good moment. My erotic fanfiction isn't fucking interesting enough for you. Hello, you're listening to Tell Us More podcast. Yes. i just yes, keep. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. You're the one that I want. You are the one that Why do we always sing on this podcast?
0: I know. But it's it's entertainment.
1: It is. We're providing quality content. We're giving the people what they want. They asked us to do this. We've I promise we've been receiving many messages on our Instagram, which is tell us more podcast. Follow us for fresh content. Um, weekly. Mm. I try to post twice a week to keep it.
0: Oh, on the Instagram? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
0: thought you meant, like, the podcast coming out weekly. And I was like, when we... Try.
1: Do we had a good run. It's just the holidays get messy. Yep, and then I got sick. sick. And then, yep, and Hannah was sick, and Hannah had lots of family in town. I don't have family, so it, that didn't Did matter for me. They're always in well, town. yeah, there's like four of them.
0: Well, and then you also had Christmas Eve with uh, Lucia yes. and Katrina.
1: Yep, and Evan. And Evan. At Lucia's mom's house, which is like actually... I and we did that last year too. So if that becomes a thing, no pressure, louche, But I might actually That's enjoy the holidays so if that becomes that a thing. Fun. So I've decided it's a thing. So. I love but, that. Yeah.
0: What else happened? So I got sick. Um. 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 Didn't
1: you do something? Oh my god, Hannah! I did stand up. Why did oh we my forget? God. <laughs> I literally have
0: been thinking about how we get to talk about it now on this episode, and then we I totally forgot. I
1: fucking forgot too. I was like, did I? I don't think I did. I was literally like,
0: no. You've been doing while I've been sick. You've You've been been doing. What have you been? Just breaking all of your
1: 2019 resolutions, casually. Exactly. (laughs) I've I've knocked 2019 out of the park so far. Yeah. I. Finally, finally, after years of people and then eventually strangers and also my therapist telling me to do it, I finally did stand-up and it's been well-received so far. It's only, what's the date today? It's the 13th. -hmm. I've done it twice already. Yeah. And then I'm also doing it tomorrow, which... I mean, it's going to be at Do Nord, but this episode is going to come out after it already happens, so I'm just going to do a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's going to go great. Okay. We're going to so, make... Let's have a resolution that we're going <laughs> to... Here's the thing. When we record on Sundays, I feel like it's the best, like,
0: per, like mental-wise. Yes. Because um, we're a little sleepy. Yes. But, like, it's chill. We're hanging out, drinking coffee. Um. But then I feel like we have to bulk record, because then that way we do... Which we're not doing right now. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> We'll figure it out. We'll Eventually, it. we will get there. I'm, <laughs> Wait, I'm go ahead and tell you today. Mine is not a Nazi war fighting. What? Are you are you not doing a feminist? I I don't actually know his viewpoints on feminism. Oh,
1: nice. Okay. I would well, hope
0: that it's pro. You but price, yes,
1: so yeah. I did stand up at Sisyphus. Yes. Um, like three days into 2019, it was literally like January I was say, 3rd. Literally, yeah. I did. a okay. first stand up. I told my porn star story, which I'm not sure if I've mentioned on the podcast before
0: don't know i mean Um, half our conversations are recorded and half aren't so
1: that's true uh and then on friday i was at the comedy corner underground and i did a my joke about religion Mm -hmm. which a lot of people did religious commentary yeah but not like yours right it was interesting though because it was literally
0: like i it was kind of all the girls yeah
1: like fuck it Right, exactly. And I don't know if you saw this. I'm really when I when I've been drinking, I'm really bad at paying attention to multiple people at a time, and I tend to center myself on one person. So, it's very hard for me to like be like, "Oh, there's other people here I need to also say hi and I'm also supposed to be networking right now." Yeah. But I I I have been a little and that's been that's been awesome to meet other people that I sometimes I assume that people are going to be meaner to me than they are. And... That's my general... Right. How I approach the world. Exactly. And at first, like, I was supposed to go on after that one Courtney girl. And then it was, like, four other people. And I was like, am I being hazed? (laughs) (laughs) Is this my initiation into the comedy world? And I asked the guy at the booth. I was like... Because he apologized to me after the show. He was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I... He was like, sometimes people that have been here a lot will just randomly show up and then we put, we yeah. do put those people yeah. on. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I just thought you were hazing me. And he was like, oh my God, no. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, But I did run into, the girl that went on after me that also did a joke about being yeah. Catholic, she like, she would like, uh, I don't think she didn't grab me, but she like waved me. And she's like, my fellow Catholic lady. Oh and I was like, oh my God, that was so ridiculous that we all did like Catholic yeah, jokes. Yeah. And she was like, I, she was like, I know that was so I was, she was like, after I heard you say that, I was like, fuck. And I was like, no, that's why I said, there's been a lot of religious yep. jokes tonight. I'm no different, but it just means I'm relatable. Yeah. That's yep. like, put that little caveat on it. We oh, have to perfect. roll with the punches. This is perfect. To roll fun. With the punches. I don't so. think Liz follows you on Twitter. She, I post them on Facebook, too. We're Facebook friends. Oh. Then I don't know. I didn't hide them from her. Usually I hide everything from parents, but I don't hide anything from your mom. You don't? I don't have her on the filter.
0: That's good. your mom's She's a not lot not more understanding than anybody else. <laughs> Mom's not filtered. That's yeah, good. She'll exactly. be so excited. She's not she's filtered.
1: Not. Yeah. She's not included in that filter. So maybe it just escaped her on the uh on the timeline.
0: It might have. But I, I wanna show her the first one because that one I can hear perfectly fine. Because I wasn't there for that one I know. So I had to experience it through
1: the But you were yeah. sick. And it's best to not be in public when it's kinda douchey to go to places when you're sick, so
0: Exactly. I was being a non douche. Exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna be doing that. I've had a lot of positive feedback from other comics, which has been really nice. And this one guy that was there, uh, my first, the very first time I did it, he came up and he was like, "That was really good." The only thing I have to say is. Move the mic stand and yeah, that's it. And I was like, Oh my god, thank you. That was really nice. Not- like I didn't know how to mic stand And then these random people were like, We loved you, Set and I was like, I don't know how to take compliments, but so thank you. I'm fabulous. gonna go away.
0: How do we take how do we do that? Like we need to start we need to learn how to take compliments first. Exactly. I'll ask then my favorite. We need to start- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sarah, how do I take a compliment? You're probably listening. <laughs> I was gonna say then we need to start like a master class for
1: because I can't. Like, yeah, I get uncomfortable.
0: I literally, my boss will be like, you're doing a really good job. And I literally am like,
1: thank you. Uh, jokes, uh, jokes, vomit. Yeah. <laughs> vomit. I, I projected a vomit on my boss like at least once a week. It's fine, it's fine. So, but yeah, yeah that's, that's funny. I'm doing it. Yay. I'm doing it. I've been doing it once a week so far these first two weeks of January. That's amazing. Yay! What episode is it?
0: What are we doing? Is um, this to the Tell Us More podcast? Is that what this business? Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Oh, Welcome. wait. I don't want to exit. Can you look it up? I oh. don't want to exit the voice memo because I... <laughs> goodness. Okay. Yeah. We did The last one we posted was not on a Tuesday. Uh, it was nope. a Saturday. But we needed to get you your content. Um... Yeah, you guys need to be more understanding that sometimes life happens. Leave us alone. (laughs) Uh, life It is season two, episode
0: fifteen.
1: Season two, episode fifteen, which means means you. I go first, and I'm odd. Um, is there anything else I had to say? I feel like I might have had something else to say. I don't know. I Um, love that we. I love that we forgot. Like that's just so. The
0: most important thing in my life. Multiple times, I've been like, I'm so excited for us to record because we get to talk about the stand up and then I completely just, just like completely forgot
1: um Jesus. I did I re-listened because every time I tell somebody that I have a podcast oh. I like kind of go back and like re-listen to I some do. episodes
0: and that just I do the opposite I pretend it doesn't exist I'll be like I have a podcast it's called tell us more and please never talk to me about it again I don't
1: ever want to know <laughs> I listened to the Mitch Henberg episode and I was like I got a little teary-eyed because I was like oh this is like before I ever tried it when yeah. I was still like scared to do it and I was like ah did it I already did it past Marissa that's so fun so, oh my god it was really it was like a fun like
0: past Marissa is so excited for
1: you so she's she's proud. she's proud okay um this is tell us more please subscribe to this us this the end no I just <laughs> I was told that we need to plug ourselves more but oh. we, I was told we need to tell people to follow and subscribe more because we don't do that okay so
0: it's tell us more on Instagram it's Marissa with one S Malahowski, do you want to spell Malahowski?
1: M-A-L-A-H-O-W-S-K-I
0: beautiful also mm-hmm. it's in the description after I told you you <laughs> should spell it yeah um, and then mine
1: is just <clears throat> Hannah
0: Harnsler on everything I think
1: yeah I took my last name off Instagram actually it's my username is just M-M-M-M-S-K-I-I-I-I oh, yeah. <laughs> it's four M's four I's a little S and a K in there just go to okay.
0: Hannah Hartzler
1: and, and then, then search, search the
0: tagged person in Marissa's
1: pictures. <laughs> it's a lot easier. A lot easier. Yeah, my, um, my name's complicated, so...
0: Follow us on all the things, because that's when
1: you get you'll quality know. content. Yeah, exactly. You can see my stand-up on Twitter. It's Marissa with one S. And then my at is Marissa Tweets, and Tweets ends in a Z. Because I'm creative.
0: Marissa Tweets.
1: Marissa Tweets. So... Yep.
0: That was fun. So, do we have
1: anything else to plug? Rate and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Leave a nice comment. Okay, let's dive in. Right, let's do it. Into the pool that is my information. You have a pool? <laughs> yeah. Let's go swim. Yeah,
0: I'm stuck <laughs> <Get> in your face. <laughs> Literally, she just smiled like like a crazy person, and then looked at me up from her computer. It was like, eyes up. Mm. Um, okay. I'm so nervous. <laughs> you haven't started. You haven't even started
1: yet. My Little Pony oh, was, fuck. A no. was a toy first created in the 1980s by Hasbro. Sweet little colorful ponies were created for little girls across America and eventually the world. Each pony had its own cutie mark on their side in order to differentiate them. Think Care Bear. It was perfect. (laughs) What started as a, a toy eventually... Led to television shows and movies, but sadly, My Little Pony was discontinued in 1995. Okay, end of story. Oh, fuck. Just kidding. Um,
0: no, <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to talk about My Little Pony for the whole time and not delve into Are you about to do that? Um,
1: then, because of no. the success fuck. of the resurgence of the popular 80s fandom Transformers, My Little Pony received a relaunch. Lauren Faust was brought in as the creative developer of the show. Her goal was not only to create a new look, but a cross-generational appeal for children and parents alike. Her ponies were hella feminist. Yeah, hell yeah, we love it. Uh, They challenged the norm of female stereotypes while still keeping their archetypes as familiar figures and put the pony characters into more adventurous situations than previously before. Also, her husband worked on the show and we love a woke man.
0: Hell yeah. A feminist pony and a woke man? Excuse me, (laughs) hello. This
1: episode is just with it. Welcome to 2019. (laughs) This is the
0: content we're delivering.
1: Uh, The show was named My Little Pony Friendship is Magic and magic it was. I'm so nervous. The show attracted more than just the intended viewer though. No. With the new show came a new fandom. Ladies and gentlemen, today's story is about... No! Brownies! Oh, Oh god. Most would just assume they were pedophiles or gay adult men and though some could be gay, bronies are just dudes that like My Little Pony. I hate <laughs> um, I watched a documentary Stop. It on it on Amazon. I paid money for it. It's, I spent, what's it called? Uh, fucking bronies. It's called, <laughs> bruh, Fracking bronies. <laughs> um, it's called, like, Inside the Life. It's like Friendship is Magic, Inside the Life of a Brony. T- it's a brony tale is what it's called. Like a ponytail? Uh bronies mm, pretty much oh gosh okay, so but- I, and in this documentary, I learned that psych psychologists studied bronies the guys they should because I think one of the <laughs> it was a guy psychologist and a girl psychologist, and I think the guy's son was a brony, and that's why he was, he wanted to study it, so the average age of a brony, uh or no, the bronies span uh ages fourteen to fifty seven uh the average age is twenty one and it's eighty five percent male and fifteen percent female, and sometimes the females go by bronies, sometimes they go by Sisters.
0: Stop! Mm-hmm. Oh, God.
1: <clears throat> bronies tend to be uh, less depressed.
0: Oh. Actually. And what? Less, c- uh,
1: yeah, they tend uh, well, to be... like, friendship. Yeah, it's magic. Yeah, friendship <laughs> is magic. Therefore, it eliminates depression. <laughs> yeah, because, like, friendship. Is that- I was <laughs>
0: thinking, like, because probably there's, like, a com- whatever, keep going. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of the 85% male, 85% of that is straight. And then only 1.5% are gay.
0: How many people that we've dated do you think are bronies? <laughs> well, or potentially will we'll date in the future? That sounds like really good odds for at least one of us yeah. to date a brony at yeah. some
1: point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know how much of the world is percentage of brony, but um, that'd be interesting to dive into. People probably wouldn't admit it, though, and we'll get into that. Um, and then the rest are like either... Non-binary or just, like, asexual yeah. is what the rest of that feels. But, yeah, a lot of people just think it's a bunch of gay men, but actually only 1.5% are. That's things. insane. hmm And in the documentary, they had a guy from Minneapolis. Still perfect. Yes. That's our boy. He started a radio station for bronies.
0: An yes. entrepreneur. A, an
1: entrepreneur. Did I write the radio station down? No, I didn't. Why would I? Or maybe it was called Everbright a, a or a I thought. Or something.
0: I really thought you just said, did I write the radio station? And I heard you saying... That you wrote the radio station like an email because you would I would <laughs> and then you said but I wanted you to be like yes I did and then tell me the email that you sent to this brony right oh man I wish I'd have thought of that no 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 you do not need to get in contact with any of these people um
1: wow for your own safety whoa I'm scared we're gonna get into how wrong you are oh god um and then when they were, they filmed it in a bar, and I'm pretty sure the bar they filmed it in was the Cardinal because I've been to the Cardinal and it
0: filmed oh
1: the radio broadcast yeah on the no um the the documentary Got itself it. Sorry. when they were talking to this guy they were at a bar and I'm pretty sure the bar was the Cardinal because huh. I've been to the Cardinal and it looked like the inside of the Cardinal weird okay. I played pool there and they were playing pool not that it's the only bar that has a pool table. It just looked familiar.
0: But sources
1: say. <laughs> sources say. I cannot <laughs> confirm that it t- was the Cardinal, the, or if the Cardinal is associated with Bronies in any way, but All from, of our Cardinal employee subscribers just unsubscribed. unsubscribed. <laughs> they have unsubscribed. They um, unsubscribed. So that was just like a fun side note. Anytime, cool. anytime a Minnesotan finds out somebody's from Minnesota, we just it's freak thousand. out.
0: It's like... How, where have you been that I've also been? Where
1: did you grow up? I live in Minneapolis. You live in Minneapolis? What bar is that? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's why I got so excited.
0: Uh, I'm also, I mean, I'm excited.
1: So, the, actually, I think the documentary is called, there's like a couple documentaries out there, and this one is called Inside the Bizarre World of the Bronies, Adult Male Fans of My Little Pony. And then i read an article about that documentary on the daily beast surprisingly a lot of my information is not from wikipedia
0: i'm actually yeah i that's that's impressive yeah first of all and also it's a fascinating subject it is there's fascinating. like legit actual studies on it so i guess there that are makes sense.
1: um they said and i quote dusty cat the pseudonym for the first brony we meet in a brony tale and the self-described manliest brony in the world, Dusty Cat, he said, "I can build a custom motorcycle from scratch. I can weld and worked as a lube guy at a GM dealership." Dusty Cat says, "And on top of that, I watch a show for little girls."
0: Damn! All <laughs> right.
1: I also learned um, that there were military bronies, like just guys in the military that fucking love bronies, and instead of being embarrassed about it, they just like start like they started wearing patches. Of Fuck. My Little Pony. Okay. And then um, some guys were even shown getting tattoos of My Little Pony. <laughs> yeah, it was a fascinating documentary. Wow. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Spent $4 on this um, episode. I'm... And then, so how did the brony movement start? <laughs> on 4chan, of
0: course. Of course.
1: Um, one of the first critical reviews of Friendship is Magic, which was published shortly after the initial broadcast in October of 2010, was written by Amid Amidi of the animation website Cartoon Brew, who wrote that the show was a sign of... The end of creator-driven era in TV animation. So basically, he was like, shows aren't new anymore, and all it focuses on are trends that could turn a profit. Like it all he was saying, like all these shows are just made so they could eventually sell things in relation to the show, like toys, yeah, like products. It's just like, is he
0: saying because it's like a, it's like bringing back something? It's a remake or whatever. yeah,
1: like, yeah. So he was saying it's not even creator-driven anymore. Yeah, right. It's all about profit, which. Isn't everything a but scathing review of Exactly. A of Pony he show. was was pissed. The article said this concern was over the fact that more and more shows seem to be driven by company executives who want to sell their products rather than creators. And the show had already been discussed on like 4chan's comic and cartoon board uh, before this essay was published. But the alarmist nature of the essay led to more interest in the show, resulting in a positive response for the series for its plot. <laughs> plot, characters, and animation style. And I, on the documentary, it said that this guy commented on the, and he was like, actually, it's a really good show. And then that's why people started watching it. Because I think, I think the guy like had kids or something, yeah. and that's why he was like, no, it's actually surprisingly really good. Yeah. Like, it's not your average kid's show. Huh. And then this obviously inspired, like recurring jokes and memes and some of these included adopting phrases from the show like any pony, every pony and no pony instead of anybody, everybody and nobody. Or jokingly <laughs> stating they watched the quote unquote plot uh, reference to the pony's flanks. I don't know what a flank is. Hold on, it's something I'm Isn't sure like pony nice? related. I am sure
0: it's pony <laughs> um, it flank just mean like the rear end?
1: Like oh that's kind of weird. I'm gonna just do a quick side Google. The fleshy part of the side between the ribs and the hip broadly, the side of a quadrup quadruped soaking. Quadrupod. Quadrup quadruped. It's spelled Q U A D R U P E D. Remember we work at a spelling. Quadruped. Bead. Quadruped. She gently patted the horse's flank. So yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I guess if you were to like flank someone, you would like go on. both sides
1: are like a flank steak wow delicious Uh, and
0: and back to ponies anyway
1: (laughs) um so a lot of people think that brony is bro and pony but apparently the name comes from the b message boards on 4chan and pony but i think some people still consider it bro and pony but i don't know there's a debate on what brony truly interesting like comprised of the word i don't know Etymology. The etymology of the word groony. Oh, that's it. And you know, I love etymology, but yet couldn't think of the word and also couldn't remember. I did stand up. It's okay. This is, this is a rough morning. Remember it's Sunday, we're tired. It's exactly. cool. Exactly. I, I can't be held responsible for the things that I've said on a Sunday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want that on a shirt. <laughs> and I'll wear it to brunch. Can't be holding responsible over the things we that I said fans. on Sunday. Um, I was just going to say we should write that
1: down, but then I remembered we're recording. We're literally recording this. Um, so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop, name drop, Vanessa. You have a new shirt to make.
0: Oh, I was like, why? What did we say? <laughs> I already forgot.
1: <laughs> the number of Friendship is Magic posts drew attention on the site. Fans of the show defended it against various trolling attacks from other 4chan boards, leading to a temporary ban on the discussion of anything related to ponies. Caused a lot of controversy. Uh, Christopher Poole, the founder of 4chan, briefly acknowledged the popularity of the show on the site at the 2011 South by Southwest Festival. Poole has since created a dedicated board for discussion of the show and its fandom. Though the discussion of the show continued at 4chan, fans created their own venues to discuss it, and the fandom spread to other internet forums. And if you'll remember, Bob's Burgers actually did an episode um, on Bronies. Oh. Do you remember that episode? If I'll remember, that's a great episode. Yeah, it was a great episode. It was very pro-brony. Um,
0: but what did they call them on the, uh, cause obviously they can't call it bronies.
1: I, I think they, hold on, another because, quick side it's Google. It's because
0: what, it's what Tina is like obsessed with, and then for some reason Bob has to like infiltrate the brony <laughs> convention. Yeah.
1: The equestrian... Equestronauts. 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 Yeah. Yeah, so...
0: Because they're, like, space horses.
1: <laughs> Equestronauts. <laughs> Tina attends a convention based on an animated show about ponies and finds that many of the fans are middle-aged men. When Tina is tricked out of her rare pony toy, Bob goes undercover to get it back. Yep. So, a great, great episode.
0: Can I just say, I think Bob might be one of the best, like, father... Yeah. Like, fathers on television. Yeah. Like, his kids are fucking weird as shit, and he's always just like, yes, yes. I love you too, Jean. Yes. Or like when Jean's like, I have a vagina, and Bob's like, it's not accurate, but okay.
1: <laughs> he lets his kids be themselves. His right. kids are truly their authentic selves. They
0: truly are. And it's just, he's just like, you're all being weird, but yes. also, please just work. And
1: then, <laughs> and he goes as far to infiltrate equestronauts yeah, convention. Like and... Apparently, okay, so back to, Sorry, to Brony. It's no, it's dad. a good, he is a good dad. <laughs> I, I love wish, that show. <laughs> I wish Bob's Burgers was around when I was growing up. I I really <laughs> could have used that. Uh, oh, God. Okay, anyways. Okay, so apparently the music in the show is also very good. Oh. It's electronic and dubstep. Stop! Yep, apparently, I think there's a Brony that's a, or not a Brony, I think there's a pony on the show that's a musician, and so there's, there are actual songs that the, this pony sings.
0: My jaw is on the floor. That is... I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to listen to it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, they had clips of it, obviously, in the documentary. But So, obviously, there are brony conventions. And they actually invited the girl who does some of the voices on the show, like, of the pony, uh, to come to the convention. Stop. And I think she did. In true Marissa fashion, it didn't finish the movie. <laughs>
0: And then at some point you were like, you know what, I think I've
1: had enough. Thank you. Goodbye. Um, and there was only 14 minutes left. But what happened was I had to start getting ready for work. Oh, I was gonna say, did you just fall asleep? <laughs> well, I did for part of it. Um <laughs> so you
0: fell asleep and yeah. didn't watch the <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Um, so basically the documentary started following this girl and she talked about how, you know, she's a voice actor and how she did voices for other shows and then yeah. got this job. And then she does the voices for a couple of different ponies. Got it. And it's about her. She talks about well, it's about the bronies, but also she's a side plot, and how she got this email being invited to the brony convention, and mm. she wasn't sure if she wanted to go because she said her pedo alarm went off. Yeah. When she heard about it, but she also has a band, and now she has like a shit ton of brony fans for her band for her band. And all the other band members are like, we don't get it, but we're so grateful. Thank you, but okay. But I don't understand. Um, but that's also kind of nice. Like, And they, they said, they were like, we love her because she's the closest thing we can get to actually like beat the, the ponies. Yeah Yeah. So, I mean, that's did
0: you, interesting. Did uh, you happen to look up the name of her <laughs> band? You don't have to do it right now. I, we'll put it on Instagram. I was just curious. I was just why curious. Was, why would I? I know, but no, no, no. I was just, <laughs> just curious. Like so a, maybe it had like copied and pasted it in or something.
1: But no, no. Um, I, when I watched the documentary, I actually had to type things up for oh myself yeah, for once. Oh, that's <laughs> Ugh. Awful. <Wow>. typing. <laughs> Doing more than copying and pasting. Blah. What? Um, so now we're going to get into the downside of brony life. Um, um, so this is taken, obviously, from an article. Uh, and this is written in first person, I think, by the guy who did the research. It says, as a brony told me, even after years of being a brony, quote, this is from an unanonymous brony, my mom still thinks it's weird and (laughs) pedophile-esque. The pedophile stigma associated with bronies is due to the heightened media attention to bronies who consider themselves cloppers. That's C-L-O-P-P-E-R-S. And they're bronies who are sexually attracted to the ponies. And create pony pornography. No,
0: no, yes, no. Yes.
1: Did you look it up? Yeah, fuck no. no. I mean, that would be so me to look it up, but I actually didn't.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> just B-shocked. for research
1: purposes. For research purposes. I don't want that shit on my fucking search history. You would end up on an FBI list. Exactly. I mean, the government's shut down right now, so not so probably really. <laughs> not. Oh, shit. We can do whatever we want. It's- Shout out to the purge creators who I'm sure will listen to this. You should make a new purge based on this government shutdown. Um, you
0: should it- make a new purge based on the government. They did. Election. Oh wow, good idea, guys. Yeah, good idea, guys. You're welcome. For that idea. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Po- Post production for I've that. I've never idea. seen any of those
1: movies. We're pulling a what's his nuts? Uh, the Sham Wow guy. Remember when he accused the creators of something about Mary for stealing his <laughs> yes. ideas, even though they made something about Mary before he fucking.
0: Don't compare us to the shim, wow oh, guy. Yeah, no, you fucking sucks.
1: That was season two, episode one. So cloppers consist of a small minority of the brony community and are frowned upon by most bronies who do not identify as cloppers. The stigma is portrayed perfectly on an episode of the Howard Stern show in which he interviews bronies. Stern only airs interviews with bronies who were cloppers, so kind of shitty. Twist that narrative, you fuck. He is kind of a fuck, isn't He's he? He's a huge fuck. Uh, making it appear as if all bronies are cloppers. Stern makes multiple references to bronies being sexual predators and has an overall judgment of bronies as losers who, quote, live with their parents. Sometimes you Fox need to Stern. live with your parents. W- was that a direct hit at me? I just wanted to make you feel better about living with your parents. I added that in.
0: By comparing me to
1: the bronies? It's no, do it too.
0: I'm a Pegasus
1: bitch. Pegasus. Um, bronies are thus forced to manage the stigma associated with their identity. A common strategy for managing the Brony stigma is distancing. Bronies tend to put cloppers aside in their own category that is not representative of the Brony fandom. They recognize that cloppers exist, but distance themselves from cloppers by claiming that pony pornography is not what being a brony is about. This, and this is the guy talking again. A brony told me that being a brony is definitely not something I'd tell someone I'm meeting for the first time. But in most cases, I don't try to hide or broadcast it too much. He has a knowledge of the stigma. So he does not overtly express his brony identity, but he is not ashamed of the identity either. Although the brony stigma only describes a minority of bronies, anyone in the fandom must find their own way of managing the stigma. And then this is the final quote that I have to say. It's not actually a quote. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hasbro was initially caught off guard by this surprise demographic, <laughs> but have since come to embrace it. Leveraging licensing deals to market clothes, media, and other merchandise beyond toys to the older audience. So bronies are just dudes that like a a little girl's show. And what and in the documentary, one of the guys was saying, like, mm-hmm. people don't understand that I guess these the ponies are like super well-rounded like people and like they have um characteristics and personality types that humans can identify with. Like he was saying one of the ponies is somebody who has to do everything herself and like doesn't let people in, and she mm. she's just like you know very self-sufficient like she just doesn't she doesn't accept help from other people she feels like she has to do everything on her own and like other just like I guess these I guess the ponies have their own personalities that people can identify with like they're very well rounded characters that's what
0: the weird thing is it makes me kind of think of Bojack Horseman yeah. Cause like,
1: so, just yeah. The that's The one a thing point. you
0: have to get over when you, like, first watch Bojack Horseman is that there's animals and people that are all just, like, fucking and, like, it's weird. Yeah. And, but, like, once you get past that, and you can because they're all extremely well-rounded characters yes, and, like, have, thing. like... Historic or have like backgrounds and stuff, so but like it's so weird to me that I literally was just like, Oh, it's like Bojack Horseman, yeah, which is
1: but for children, children. it's Bojack Horseman without the swearing.
0: Which which the thing is, like, Bojack Horseman is such a great representation of like mental health and and, or mental illness and and addiction and things like that. So, I mean, I've never seen an episode of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Mm -hmm. but I would assume that it wouldn't be a bad thing for little kids to have right an outlet or a show like that that ex- like goes through the things that little kids go through.
1: Yeah, and um, that's what the creator intended. That's exactly what she wanted. It's a very strong female Fuck, did you just change my opinion on yes. Bronies? And I knew I would. Cuz they're not they're all literally just like we don't we don't want to Fuck children. We just think that there's... They they understand the larger context of the show, which is exactly, again, what the creator wanted to do. She wanted to make it for children and parents. Just like how sometimes right. in children's shows, they'll purposely put, like, a dirty joke in or something yeah. that only the parents would get. So how is that okay, but, like, My yeah. Little Pony isn't?
0: I think it's the amount of, like, the amount of love that they have for it that freaks people out. Like, yeah, it's intense. But, like... People have the same ideas about, like, the people that go to Comic-Con and, like, cosplay these, like, anime characters and things like that. They have that same amount of love and it's somehow
1: still... Yeah, because it was made for adults. But is it? Like, some of the...
0: Like, I feel like there are some... I don't know. I also don't watch anime. I can't really talk on that.
1: I don't either. That's... I'd be more interested in watching My Little Pony Friendship is Magic than I would for anime. Sorry. No, same. Me too. Uh, How
0: do I watch My Little Pony Friendship is Magic?
1: I think it's just on your general streaming services. Oh my god. So,
0: this yeah. episode is sponsored by My Little Pony
1: Friendship <laughs> is Magic. Um, it should also be noted that the creator, um, Lauren Fost, she created Powerpuff Girls and Foster's Home for Imaginary Kids. <gasps> Shut up! Mm-hmm. You know what's also interesting is a lot of people our age watch like Adventure Time and Adventure Time is, is like it's for yeah it's for yeah. kids like a lot of and that's a fucking good show, that's too. A great show it's and so it's just interesting that it's like oh adult men like a show for little yeah. girls it's that initial <laughs> like thing where you're like Ugh. yeah I don't understand it so that means there's something wrong with it because I don't understand right it. exactly I'm Pro brony. And it may be controversial, <gasps> but I'm about the bronies. Feel... They keep to them fucking selves.
0: Yeah, it's not like
1: they're hurting anyone. No the that the cloppers that are fuckers. Cloppers. And even then, the cloppers have an weird fetish, albeit, but uh they also didn't say anything about them actually being pedophiles. They just like pony porn. Um, not really defending that, just pointing out that um what they say about cloppers is that they make pony porn and fetishize the ponies, but I don't know. Yeah. Not, I'm not, uh, just pointing out a logical statement from the article that I read. Fucking not, not a, not a clopper defender, <laughs> not a clopper truther. I'm a truther of a lot of things, but it's not cloppers.
0: <laughs> that was really fun. I, I liked that. that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about RuPaul. Fuck <laughs> gun! Yes. Which I feel like I was thinking would be kind of a weird combination with bronies, but now that we're kind of pro brony.
1: We're pro brony. This episode is all about things that people may not understand, but we find yeah. that there's absolutely nothing wrong with it.
0: Right. So, RuPaul was born in San Diego, California on November 17th.
1: Mm, a Scorpio, of course. Ooh. Uh,
0: his real name is Ernstein Tony Charles. A name. Ernstine, or it might be or Ernestine.
1: I would say Ernstine. But I think Ernestine is sounds better, but I don't want to name shame. Okay. Well, <laughs> it doesn't really matter because I call him Rue the Ru,
0: RuPaul the rest of the time. But, yeah, exactly. I'd um, love to
1: know where that comes from. I'm sure you'll dive in.
0: I was the next sentence is the name Rue comes from R O U X, which is the term for the base of gumbo and other Creole stews and soup. So like his parents, I guess. That's literally all that I got on that. Okay. But so I'm assuming that that was a common food up in the household of Ernest Charles. Ernestine, Ernestine Charles? Ernie. Uh, he went by Tony. Okay. Tony Charles. Tony Charles. When his parents divorced in 1967, he and his three sisters, yeah, when he when they divorced in 1967, he and his three sisters lived with their mother. So he grew up with lots of ladies. At the age 15, he moved to Atlanta, Georgia with his sister, Renetta, to study the performing arts. Uh, In the ensuing years, RuPaul struggled as a musician and a filmmaker. During the 1980s, he worked at Atlanta's famed Plaza Theater, and in 1982, he debuted on the Atlanta Public Access Variety Show called The American Music Show, in which he made frequent appearances over the years that followed. He also participated in underground cinema, helping create the low-budget film Star Booty,
1: oh my favorite
0: and an album by the same name (laughs) star booty
1: star booty so during
0: this time he like performed as both he was he wasn't like exclusively a drag queen yet he kind of his style was like gender bending was his kind of okay while he was or like while he was doing this when he was younger um
1: i'd be interested in learning like when drag queens really started because I'm sure they dive into that yeah. yeah I'm sure they've been around for a hell of a lot longer than people realize but they yeah. just had to hide it
0: well and it also like there's a difference between like being a drag queen and going on stage and doing the whole like act versus being just a cross-dresser and you just enjoy wi- wearing women's clothes right there's like, so many different levels I feel like mm-hmm. of like and, and I don't remember like I don't well, I don't remember I don't know when someone was like This is what being a drag queen is. Like, this exact thing. And it's like, it's still, there isn't like an exact thing. Somebody
1: wrote an article on why they they don't like um, RuPaul anymore. And it was, yeah, he said stuff about.
0: Got some controversy, which is why when you were like, is he a, or they're not a feminist? I was like, I think he is. But he Um, has, he makes some certain comments that rub people the wrong way a lot of the time. In Atlanta, RuPaul often performed at the Celebrity Club as a bar dancer or with his band Wee Wee Pole. It's a rock band. He's the lead singer. Oh. Wee Wee Paul. Wee Wee Paul. Cool. Uh, he also performed as a backup singer to Glenn Meadmore, who I don't know, but along with doing, oh, along with drag queen Vaginal Davis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am now, I don't know who Vaginal Davis is, but I've now become her biggest fan. Yes. Yes. Um,
0: I, did, I should have looked more into her, but I just thought it was hilarious that it was along with drag queen Vaginal, Vaginal Davis. Davis. <laughs> <laughs> um, RuPaul, rupaul's first prominent united states national exposure came in 1989 with an extra role dancing in the video for love shack by the b52s Ooh. no idea i did no idea that was um, cool
1: side comment last night at the trivia mafia holiday party we always have karaoke and somebody did love shack <gasps> fun and we decided did I y'all think- do karaoke and break no, I don't oh. like twin karaoke. Why? You can actually sing. <laughs> That's why I feel like people are gonna be like, she's trying too hard. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you I don't did. have to like pull out the opera. Right. But, but uh Felix and I were discussing, or maybe it was Britt and I, um, Felix is my new co-host, by the way. Uh, that Love Shack is only allowed to be played in roller rinks. <laughs> like at Skateville. Because it's a stupid song. Love Shack! Or did we also, we also got on the topic of middle school dances, so maybe that's why we, I don't know, but I remember.
0: Did they play the B-52s at our middle school, well we went to our middle schools, know. I don't know if they were doing it I don't know, I don't remember.
1: Um, <laughs> I remember they played. They played Run It, cause that was popular. Run It? Yeah.
0: Uh, let me see if you can run it, run it, that one? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just 16! Oh okay. god. <laughs> I was gonna say they played, I remember they played Avril Lavigne's, um. It's a damn cold night at my Girl Scout dance dance. when I was in, like, fourth grade. Because I...
1: Ooh, was it also with the Boy Scouts?
0: I don't think so, to be honest. I remember hanging
1: out with the moms a lot and not
0: being on the dance floor.
1: (laughs) Of course. You're an old soul.
0: But I do remember that when they played that song, we all got to say "damn" because it was a lyric. Ooh, so we got to swear. Wow. <laughs> uh,
1: because hey, Fifty Two is only allowed in roller rinks. I, anyway, I support that. Yeah, it just makes better um, sense. I, I literally just thought, oh, we can play it back. But I don't. Re- I don't record anything that I say except for on this podcast. But I literally was just like, oh, God, oh I'll stop. just like I'll just listen back just to it. Like to your conversation yeah. from last <laughs> time. I guess we can't
0: actually do that. Not everything is a podcast. <laughs> I've had that thought before too where I'll be like oh I'll just listen to the conversation again yeah. and I'm like no Ooh, that's that what it was saying. I mostly do it with you it's like stop the nonsense you little rascal you you skink <laughs> that was a word from last night let's call her let's call people skinks cause they're gonna be like skinks. did you just call me a skink and I went like oh, actually no I called you a small snake like lizard
1: yeah so open a book and maybe you'll know other words yeah
0: like maybe that. fuck off skink Skank, skanky skank. You skanky Uh, (laughs) skank. So I told mom I was going to see you do stand up, and she goes, or no, it was when I was, it was when I was supposed to come, and then I felt horrible because I was sick, and I was like, I feel bad. She goes, well, is it gonna like, what is it about? Is it like. Is it going to just, she literally goes, is she just going to go immediately dirty?
1: <laughs> Liz, you know me. And
0: I literally was like, no, it's actually like done it. She did it for me on Sunday and it was really good. And blah, blah. But I was like, I love that my mom's immediate is like, well, she's just going to go immediately do a dirty place.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean all yeah. comedy, it's not, unless you're seeing like Ooh. Jeff Dunham or that guy with know. the puppets. Oh no, that is Jeff Dunham. Um, And Jim Gaffigan. It's not... Uh, No no comedy is really family-friendly, and that's kind of what pisses me off about people. It's it's not. Go watch My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. I also liked the one... The guys that
0: were like... They would tell a joke, and then the one guy was like, all right, so you all... I that. Alright, cool. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> like, yeah, I think a lot of people, what people don't realize what open mic nights is, like, a lot of people do it to test material. Exactly. And so, like, people are like, open mic, are not even good. It's like, well, now they know that that joke doesn't work, so they probably won't be telling it again. Right. Thanks for the fucking feedback, you guinea pigs. <laughs> Thanks for the fucking feedback.
0: I want you to wear a shirt that says thanks for the fucking feedback on the back <laughs> so Hell that yeah. you get up and you perform and then as you leave thanks for <laughs> the fucking feedback. feedback i need i'll d- you know what vanessa oh yeah vanessa mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you're really behind on your yeah your assignments wow we've got nothing <laughs> yeah. okay so love shack b52s in the early 1990s rupaul worked at the georgia club scene and was known by his full birth name he initially participated in gender bending style performances instead of, like, full drag. He performed solo and in collaboration with other bands at several New York City clubs, most notably the Pyramid Club, which I've heard of, actually. Oh, okay. So I left that in because I was like, oh, a New York nightclub I've heard of.
1: What's the most famous one that I don't think exists anymore? In New York? Something with, it's like a number. It's like studio, no.
0: 51?
1: Is it? 54? <laughs> Is it? No, I don't know. I don't know, like, club scenes. I only know, like, comedy what are the ones? Places. What's it's it's what like um um fucking uh the the who is the murdery? Oh, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> the Yeah, it's that um, club fact. they used to go to. Studio Fifty Seven. Is no maybe it does sound like. Uh, it's Studio Something. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a quick side Google for the third time this episode. Studio Fifty Four.
0: Which is funny because RuPaul was one of the club kids that hung out with them. Yeah. What's his name? aleg
1: Steve Aleg Michael?
0: Mike- Michael 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 Aleg Yes, that's who it is. Apparently, I just this article that I just pulled up from Vanity Fair. Um, because while RuPaul's wild club kid club kid days are getting the TV treatment courtesy of JJ Abrams. So Ooh. they're going to make a show about his, like... Wow. That's going to have... That's going to be fun. Look, think of the makeup looks. There are we.
1: Gender-bending club scene. Gender-bending
0: club scene, pyramid club. He uh, played opposite New York City drag performer Mona Foote. Not as fun as Vaginal Davis or whatever. No, no. In a one-act science fiction parody called My Pet Homo. Oh. So... Okay. Uh, he appeared for many years at the annual Wigstock Drag Festival and appeared in the documentary Wigstock the Movie.
1: How do we get into that? Wigstar? Yeah. I don't think it happens anymore. Okay.
0: Uh, But I could be wrong. I don't know. I would love to go. To Wig? I would too. Well, now we have RuPaul's Drag Con. Yes. Which is similar, I'm assuming. But uh, RuPaul was known in the UK for his appearances on the Channel 4 series Manhattan Cable, a weekly series produced by World of Wonder and presented by uh, American Laurie Pike's New York's wild and wacky public access television system wow yeah so he was on a show about public access television <laughs> not sure okay. I don't know um, I did think it was interesting though that it was produced by World of Wonder and World of Wonder is the company that has, hosts like all those YouTube sh- series that I watched, like William or w- William Belly's The Beatdown and Katia and Trixie's uh, 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 which is the name of their show um, but they—they're the ones that produce all of that, so oh, they're nice. still around. So uh, 1993, Ru- RuPaul recorded the dance house album *Supermodel of the World*, and it was released through the rap label Tommy Boy, spawning the dance track hit *Supermodel*, you better work, which is like the most famous RuPaul song. Oh to, to yes! Know what that oh is? my I'm God! Thinking. Of course! Just, just checking. Um the music video was an unexpected success on MTV channels as grunge and gangster rap were popular at the time. So grunge, gangster rap, and RuPaul's supermodel, you better work, were popular on MTV. Oh yeah. The um, song peaked at number 45 on the Billboard Hot 100, and then it further charted in the UK Singles Chart, peaking at top 40. Oh, peaking on the top 40 at number 39, which I was like, that's not great, but okay. That's great. <laughs> The song found the most success on the Hot Dance Music Club Party chart, where it peaked at number two. Okay. Radio airplay, heavy rotation of the music video on MTV and in television appearances on popular programs like the Arsenio Hall Show also popularized songs. Nice. Uh, a quote from RuPaul in regards to like the success around this song was, What other people think of me is not my business. What I do is what I want to do. How people see me doesn't change what I decide to do. And I don't choose products so people don't think of me as one thing or another. I choose projects. Did I say products? Yeah. Projects is what I meant. I choose projects that excite me. And I think the problem is that people refuse to understand what drag is outside of their own
1: belief system. Just like a brony. Yeah, exactly. People think if it doesn't make sense to them, then it's wrong. And What's... that's like, you're very closed off and that's depressing. Very and...
0: interesting
1: parallels yeah, between the two. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. I like when our, when our things kind of go together. That's yes, always fun. I also like crazy. when they're complete opposites. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I like our podcast.
1: <laughs> hey, well, big fans. Tell us more. Big
0: fans. His next two singles and videos, Back to My Roots and A Shade Shady, Now Prance, in parentheses. Ooh. A Shade Shady, Now Prance. prance uh, both went number one on the Billboard Hot Dance Music Club Party playlist and furthered his campy persona. Uh, RuPaul was signed to a seven-year modeling contract for Matt Cosmetics. The Viva Glam campaign raised money and awareness for AIDS during a time when no one was really talking about it. Uh, he was one of the first faces of the Viva Glam. He what he was the first face of the Viva Glam campaign. Ooh, RuPaul. Uh, have you seen his his ad of him spelling out Viva Glam with his body?
1: Yes, because then <sighs> Winnie Harlow um, recreated it.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I love it. It's one of my it's one of my favorite makeup campaigns. Oh, Which is, like, yeah. a weird thing, I guess, to, like... I I like it. Yeah. Various billboards featured him in full drag, often with the text, I am a map girl. Uh, it was also released in his... Oh, he also released his autobiography, Letting It All Hang Out. And then he promoted that book in a part with a 1995 guest appearance on ABC's All My Children. Okay. Uh, in a storyline that put him on the set of Erica Kane's talk show, The Cutting Edge. So, like, he went on... All My Children, as RuPaul, and promoted his real book on this soap opera. So he played himself. <laughs> I think so. That's what I understand. I just was like, this is very, like, meta. Like, yeah, that's a thing people do sometimes. Go on a talk show. Yeah. To, but to promote a real book. The next year, he landed a talk show of his own on VH1 called The RuPaul Show, interviewing celebrity guests and musical acts such as Diana Ross, Nirvana, Duran Duran, Pat Benatar, Mary J. Blige. Uh, Cindy Lauper, Olivia Newton-John, Beanie Man, Pete Burns, and then it ends with, and little (laughs) bow-wow. Little bow-wow. Little bow-wow. Uh, his guest, or his co-host was Michelle Visage. Yes, and she still is. Yes, who is his, also his co-host on, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. On one episode, RuPaul featured guests Chi-Chi LaRue and Tom Chase speaking about the gay porn industry. And then later released his second album, Foxy Lady. Yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> just casually.
0: This time, the LA based Rhino Records label is who produced Foxy Lady. I just think it's funny that he had like rap com- rap labels putting out his <laughs> music. Fuck yeah. I
1: don't know. I just love it. Rue breaks all stereotypes. Right.
0: Despite his growing celebrity, this latest uh, album failed to chart within the Billboard 200. However, the first, however, the first single, Snapshot, found success in the dance market and went to number four on the Hot Dance Music Party Playlist chart. <laughs> that's that title is too long. That's,
1: that's very party
0: it's, playlist. Is all it needs to be. Yeah. It enjoyed limited mainstream success, charting at number ninety-five on the Hot 100, which was his second and only other Hot one entry to Hot 100 entry to date. In 1996. So, he has not had a Hot 100 entry Mm. in recent years. Not sure if that's a goal of his or not. I think he might have other things going on.
1: Yeah, I think he's pretty busy.
0: (laughs) Because of his strong base within the gay community, RuPaul has performed at gay pride events and numerous gay clubs. During this time, RuPaul helped launch the return of WKTU Radio in New New York City and would serve as a host of a morning show until 1998. In 1997, he released his third album, a Christmas album called...
1: George guess. Um, wait. Like, give me a chance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mistletoe and my butthole kissed my ass.
0: Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, oh wait, that's my album. Mistletoe in my butthole. Or, uh, whatever colon Kiss, Kiss my ass. ass. <laughs> it's actually my album. I'm doing a promotion. Please.
1: Make it. I will buy it. <laughs> okay, you're the only one. I charted number one in the Hannah Hut one hundred hell yeah.
0: All the, it's literally just that song over and over and over. Again. Uh no. His album is called Ho Ho Ho. <laughs> It wasn't that hard. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, he had guest appearances in many films, including both Brady Bunch movies, what? In, which, in which he played Jan's female guidance counselor. I
1: remember that. I, I remember that. I did. RuPaul is so gorgeous that I just thought I it was a very sexy often woman. Often
0: forget that it's like if I see a picture of him, sometimes I'm like that's a beautiful lady and yeah. I move on with my life and I'm like oh wait that's I didn't RuPaul.
1: even know oh my god I know exactly what that's in reference to okay
0: I feel like I need to go watch the Brady Bunch movies again I have a lot of homework to do yes you do uh, in 1997 RuPaul teamed with Marsha Wash to remake the classic disco anthem It's and Men
1: hallelujah <laughs>
0: this song was included on the 1998 compilation CD RuPaul's Go Go Box Classics <laughs> Which was a collection of some of his favorite dance songs by other artists. This would be his third and final release through Rhino Records and a major, and a major record label. It was during this time that he appeared in a WebEx, in WebEx TV commercials and magazine ads. In 2002, he recorded with Bridget Nelson, credited as Gita, the Eurodance track, You're No Lady. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the titles of his song. I, lo- I love it. I'm loving it. Uh, In 2004, Ru released his fourth album, Red Hot, on his own Ruco Inc. music label. It received some dance, radio, and club play, but very little press coverage. On his blog, RuPaul recently discussed how he felt betrayed by the entertainment industry, particularly the gay press. In one incident, it was noted that the magazine Entertainment Weekly refused to review the album, instead asking him to make a comedic contribution to a fashion article. He likened the experience to a black person being invited to a party, but only if they'll serve. It was like, shit. Okay. okay." Uh, Despite his apparent dissatisfaction with the release, Red Hot showed RuPaul returning to the top of the dance charts in the U.S. with the lead single, Looking Good, Feeling Gorgeous, hitting number two on the dance chart, and the second, Workout, peaked at number five. The third and final single from the album, People Are People, a duet with Tom Trujillo, peaked at number 10. Um, other than the first song that I mentioned, I don't think I know any other RuPaul song. Me either. If I'm being honest. Mm-mm. Which seems unfortunate and we should probably broaden our horizons. We really should. Particularly uh, around Christmas time, we need to listen to Hope. Oh yes.
1: We need to be more <laughs> drag centric.
0: Uh I watch so much drag shit, honestly. I like sometimes my Instagram popular page is just drag queens. Like I love it. It's
1: I love all of it.
0: Oh, when asked about this in an interview, asked about the fact that he said that he felt betrayed by the gay press, uh, RuPaul said, well, betrayed might be the wrong word. Betrayed alludes to an idea that there was some kind of promise made to me and there never was. I was just disappointed. I don't feel like it was betrayal. Nobody promises anything in show business and you understand that from day one. But I don't know what happened. It seemed like I couldn't get press on my album unless I was willing to play into the role that the mainstream press has assigned to gay people, which is as servants of straight ideals. So he was just frustrated.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I would be too.
0: Yeah. Uh, June 13, 2006, RuPaul released Reworked, his first remix album and fifth album overall. It features reworked versions of songs from his back catalog as well as, well as new recordings. Uh, The single, Call Me Star Booty, S-T-A-R-R, Booty, uh, was digitally released in 2007. The album, oh, sorry, June 20th, 2007, saw the release of Star Booty, the original motion picture soundtrack in the United States. Oh. So. um, Love it. Yes. (laughs) The film was released on DVD in October 2007, so we also need to watch that. Yes, we do. RuPaul is considered to be the most commercially successful drag queen in the United States. He's been credited with creating wider exposure for drag queens from the LGBT culture in the main from LGBT culture to the mainstream society thanks to his early career chart success and later the successive climb in viewership of RuPaul's Drag Race. His talk show, the RuPaul Show, was the first ever national talk show to have a drag queen as a host. Along with his partner
1: Michelle, I can't fucking say her name. Michelle, Michelle Visage. Yeah, it's
0: because it's visage,
1: visage. So I'm like, which I'm, actually means vagina, face.
0: Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I want her name to be Michelle Vagina. Michelle
1: Vaginal Davis.
0: Vaginal Davis. <laughs> Big fan. Oh. Um. We're gonna have to Google a picture of Vaginal Davis and yes, put it are. on the Instagram. Uh, bah 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 bah. Oh, along with his partner Michelle Visage. He welcomed an array of high-profile guests such as Cher, Lil Kim, Diana Ross. God. On so like these are all the guest judges that are on RuPaul. Mm-hmm. Do you watch RuPaul Drag Race? I don't have TV. Oh, <laughs> I bought it. I just realized I bought it on Amazon <laughs> because I sh- shouldn't be responsible with my own money. No. Also, season
1: one is weirdly nowhere. You can't watch it anywhere. It Doesn't
0: exist. You have to watch. You have to start with season two. Maybe I,
1: he personally decided to start with season two. There is no season one because there yes. is. Okay. I talked to Mr. Mom.
0: Yes, it's like a weird nobody knows where she's from.
1: Okay. <laughs> Mr. Mom, by the way, is a local drag oh, queen. Yeah. You can see her at Lush on Thursday nights. Hell yeah! I'm glad that you remember it because I was like,
0: I don't remember if it's Thursday or
1: Friday. <laughs> well, he said he has a special one on Friday. He's usually Thurs. She's sorry. She's usually Thursday nights at Lush.
0: Yes. Um.
1: Last night she was dressed.
0: In a very Ursula-esque outfit. Oh I yes, was it. I
1: said I told her that it looked like mermaidy. Yes. So we were on the same nautical vibe.
0: Okay. <laughs> a nautical under the sea bitch. <laughs> Let's do it.
1: <laughs> nautical vibe under the sea bitch.
0: Under the sea bitch. Oh, I'm so sorry. He has a lot of high-profile guest judges such as Cher, Little Kim, and Diane Ross on the RuPaul show. Um, over the show's 100 episode span, he's not talking about. Sorry, drag rice, yeah. As well as having a variety of comedy skits, the show was noted for discussing topics such as black empowerment, female empowerment, misogyny, and liberal politics, which were otherwise unheard of in 1990s television at the time.
1: Fuck yes. So, mold break it. Hell yeah.
0: Um, and mold break, break it. Class <laughs> ceiling, smash
1: it. Smash it. Down with the patriarchy. Oh, I love it. Vaginal Davis. Vaginal
0: Davis. Please welcome to the stage. Vaginal Davis. Reginald Davis. Um, in 1999, <laughs> Ruth. <we're- laughs> Hold on, I just need to Google what vaginal, Davis. A I need quick side Google. Vaginal Davis. Oh, the first thing that pops up is vaginal rejuvenization
1: process. Mm. Brute. Get vajazzled. No. What the fuck kind of, let's just take it, maybe I'm going to do vajazzling. Yeah. No, but like, as an episode, no, not. No, 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 I know. Oh. <laughs> You have to
0: for research purposes. I was just going to say, if I bought a brony documentary, I'm going to have to get vaginal. This is Vaginal Davis. Look at that yes. queen. Yes. Awesome. What are we talking about? A little bit of love. No, no, no. We did this. Foxy lady. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> in 1999, RuPaul was awarded the Vito Russo Award at the GLAAD Media Awards for work in promoting equality in the LGBT community. He has also been noted as having a large. This is the stupidest sentence. RuPaul has also been noted as having a large part in RuPaul's Drag Race continuous television success.
1: I feel like I've read that sentence before. RuPaul has... (laughs) Like, duh! I feel like I've Googled RuPaul. I Googled RuPaul because of the comments about trans women, and I literally have read that sentence before and also thought the same thing.
0: Of course he's having a large part of this show's success.
1: That is a dumb sentence what a sentence yeah. what an unnecessary sentence that's literally
0: like being like oprah winfrey is credited as having a large like part of or a part of the reason that oprah winfrey show has a large success it's the same thing stupid all right uh by pioneering queer representation on television many people believe rupaul to have essentially revolutionized the portrayal of the lgbtq plus community on screen. He won an Emmy for his work in the show in 2016, and one year later, the show garnered eight nominations, including Outstanding Reality Competition Program for the first time in its 11-season run, and a second consecutive win for RuPaul in the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Host for a Reality or Reality Competition Program. In 2017, he was included in the annual Time 100's list of the most influential people in the world. So RuPaul has a complex relationship with the trans community, in part due to differing philosophies. Through drag, Rue seeks to mock gender and identity, while in his view, the trans community takes identity seriously. Okay. So, that's uh, that sentence I felt like was a good, uh, that's an Just interesting a good way to explanation.
1: look at it. Yeah. Um,
0: RuPaul's Drag Race has featured a number of contestants who came out as transgender either while competing on the show or afterwards, including Sonique, Carmen Carrera, Jiggly Caliente, Monique, or Ma- Monica. <laughs> Monica Beverly Hills, with a Z, just like you and Marissa yes,
1: Tweets. Marissa Tweets.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenya Michaels and Gia Gunn. Gia Gunn's the one that is on All Stars right now. That's um, right. In 2017, Peppermint became the first contestant to compete throughout her season as an openly trans woman. And in 2014, trans activists and former contestants Car- Carmen Carrera and Monica Beverly Hills criticized the use of the words tranny and she-male, Including the main challenge announcement phrase up to season six, you've got she-mail. So, no you know how on, like, the Tyra Show, or the Tyra Show, <laughs> uh, America's Next Top Model. Yeah. They used to say you have Tyra Mail. Yeah. Um, In the first, I guess, through the sixth season, when they have, like, an announcement about the challenge they're about to do, it says, you've got she-mail. So, that was obviously Yeah. Criticized um so that is on the recent seasons after season six that's not a thing anymore so that year's season so 2014 year season also included a female or she-male segment that required guests to guess which photographs featured cisgender biological women or psychological women which were drag queens okay yeah causing further criticism RuPaul and the producers issued a statement promising to help spread love, acceptance, and understanding, and logo TV removed the you've got she phrase from the subsequent broadcasts. RuPaul criticized those attempting to police his language in bad faith and noted that tranny referred to transvestites and not drag que- er, transvestites and drag queens, not just trans women. In 2018, RuPaul gave an interview to The Guardian in which he stated that a post-transition trans woman would probably not be accepted into the show noting that at the time of competition, Peppermint had not yet had breast implants. After facing criticism on social media and from former contestants for his remarks, RuPaul compared trans drag queens who had transitioned to athletes who had taken performance-enhancing drugs. He subsequently expressed regret for the hurt caused by his remarks and that the only screening criteria for his contestants were charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. RuPaul... Just in a pers- on a personal note, he's been with his Australian partner, George, Georges, is that Georges is his name. But like, say I did an Australian accent. Georges. It makes more sense when it's Australian. If your name is Georges and you're like American, it's like...
1: It's why there are multiple of you. Right,
0: what's going the on? The plural George.
1: <laughs> are you
0: a twin? Like my multiple <laughs> friends, George, are coming over. <laughs> the Georges. The Georges are here. Yeah. Uh, So they've been together since 1994 when they met at the Limelight Nightclub in New York City. They married in January 2017. LaBar is a painter and runs a 50-acre ranch in Wyoming.
1: Love it! <laughs> like,
0: casually. uh, RuPaul publicly endorsed the Democratic Party nominee Hillary Clinton in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. He expressed dismay at Clinton's defeat by nominee Donald Trump, stating that, The America that we have all fought so hard for, the narrative of love and peace and liberty and equality, it feels like it's dead. He has described doing drag as a very political act because it challenges the status quo by rejecting fixed identities. This is a quote. Drag says, I'm a shapeshifter and I do whatever the hell I want at any given time. And then I wanted to end with my favorite RuPaul quote, which I think is the most known one, is you're born naked and the rest is drag. Love it. I love
1: that quote. Rue! Yeah. Controversial,
0: yes. yes. But I think it's trying to be better. Right. We can't all be perfect.
1: No. Not even Rue. No. But made so much headway. Yeah. On top of it. So let's let let's not forget that.
0: Let's let Let <laughs> us not forget. At least we forget! <laughs> Yay, so that's the end. Brownies and Yay, brownies, brownies. And, bro- drag. Drag drag and, and, and Drag. And dragon Bronies. Drag dragon bronies. Dragon, dragon
1: and Bronies. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's a new spinoff, a new uh, spin-off. called Dragon, Dragon Bronies
1: Nuts. <laughs> okay hey, thanks rate subscribe leave a comment and follow us on tell us more podcast on Instagram
0: also follow Marissa so that you can see when she's doing comedy
1: yes follow Marissa tweets for her comedy follow me because I retweet a lot of good shit yes yes <laughs> Hannah Hannah Grace
0: I am queen of retweets
1: queen of cops queen of tweets I am also queen Queen, both queens in the sheets. Okay, bye. (laughs) Sorry, Liz.